this may contain spoilers. Hello and welcome to episode 2 of Entertainment of Excellence, a podcast that we've just set up about our favourite TV shows and movies. Hi, I'm Ollie, or at Oliver Luff on Twitter. And I'm Ben, or at Rip David Bear on Twitter. Speaking of Twitter, we've now set up an official Twitter for the podcast, as well as a YouTube account and a SoundCloud account where you can listen to the episodes, which is also serving as our RSS feed. Now, you probably won't have a clue what that's on about, but you can check out our website which explains this in more detail, which is entertainmentofexcellence.wordpress.com. So today, we've got a special guest joining us. It's Tom. Hello, I am here. He's very special. So yeah, I'm very famous and important. So, you've listened to our episode one, have you? I did, yes. Did you like it? Yeah, I enjoyed it. I also saw episode one of Dirt Gently, so, and I enjoyed what you had to say. Yeah, is there anything, any criticisms? Well, I didn't like that you didn't pick up on uh, the fact that everything's supposed to be mirrored, just shown with the holistic assassin, as well as the holistic detective Dirt Gently, and everything's mirrored with oh. them. Oh, like the lines. In episode three, I think, actually, they do repeat lines, don't they? Well, it starts happening quite a lot throughout the series to try and show you. Anything else that you liked or didn't like? Uh, just trying to think back now. No, I thought it was enjoyable. I liked the quizzes. They were good. Yeah, yeah. we're going to do that again this week. So, just a quick thing that I want to pick up on that I made a mistake last time. There's actually eight episodes in Series 1 oh, yeah, and ten is. in Series 2, just a bit of OCD knowledge. But mm-hmm. um, Ben, do you want to give a brief outline of what we're going to discuss on Episode 2 then? Well, today we're going to be discussing Blade Runner, the original film from 1982. Now, this is quite relevant because last year a sequel came out and we've just seen the original and we thought it was very good. Again, we'll be reviewing it and giving a brief outline, which will include spoilers, so if you're listening, watch the film first. And what we've started since last episode with the opening of the website is we will be rating the topic that we're discussing. So whoever's on the episode will get to rate and we will average it out. We will then be taking a couple of quizzes and, as always, be checking out the new releases and film news and before we go, we will then recommend some films or TV shows which we enjoy and we'd like to share with you. We will also be taking a look at some new trailers for films that are coming out soon. So, before we get into that, Tom and I, we've actually seen episode two of Dirk Gently. Episode two was quite interesting. You can tell that they wanted to develop it a bit more. So you find out about Lydia Spring, found out she's being kept by this quite odd person don't think much is revealed about them in episode two yet you find out more but um lydia spring seems to be a dog they break into the guy's house and see him and then accidentally burn it down oh yeah (laughs) which i don't that's quite comedic i mean we're not gonna give any spoilers but you actually find out some things about the holistic assassin but you find out something special about her and explains quite a bit from the first episode I do agree with its higher rating than yeah. the first episode. Yeah, it's lost it and now. found and it's an 8.1. I gave it a 7. I gave the last one an 8. I think I might bump that up to an 8, actually. I did enjoy it. 
says here, Todd is drawn further into the case as they learn more about the friends who captured Patrick Spring's daughter, Lydia. Mysterious characters take a step closer to a collision. Something we picked up on last episode was that the ratings progressively got higher throughout the series. Would yeah. you agree with that with the episodes you've seen? Yeah, I mean, I've just seen the first three and you've seen the first seen the, four. Yeah, you? I've seen the first four. I definitely agree. The fourth one includes some action, I suppose you could say, and it develops things a lot more. And I have a feeling that the ratings increase because at the start it introduces quite a lot of characters. Yeah. You don't know what's happening, but as it develops, they all start to become connected. Yeah, you're kind of given a lot from the first episode, and then I guess as it goes on, you get to understand what happened. Have you seen the first 10 minutes of... I've seen the first 12 minutes, actually. Oh, I've, okay. I've seen enough that it reveals who the woman who was tied to the bed was, and I also just got up to the part where they'd broken into his house, but I haven't got any further than that so yeah thanks for spoiling it for me i definitely recommend going and watching the rest <laughs> i it's... certainly will shall we move on to the main section of the podcast indeed we shall it's blade runner so tom do you want to start us off well, what did I, you think i thought it was very interesting it wasn't just action based it tries to explain some things about if we made synthetic humans i suppose they have a point where they just die so they give them four years to live yeah and they don't want that to happen because they start to develop emotions so it's quite interesting to explore that but it also has some very good special effects for the 80s yeah, yeah. i think it looks good i'm i'm pretty sure that a large proportion of the budget would have been spent on visual effects because they're certainly better than other films from the time they're certainly better than star wars and infinitely better than doctor who <laughs> yeah. So what did you think then, Ben? I thought it was very interesting, as Tom said, how you would approach the theme of artificial humans and whether they can develop emotions. It's quite similar to humans in a way, but it develops more on the urgency of their emotional development because they only have four years to live. By the time they become self-conscious, they may only have a few months left and certainly later on in the film you get a sense of urgency as one of the replicants as they're called goes insane yeah basically there's these policemen called <laughs> blade runners that have got to try and assassinate the replicants uh, retire them oh yeah Thank sorry you very much. yeah and the main blade runner the one who's the protagonist of the film is called Deckard, and he's played by Harrison Ford. Yeah. It's probably one of his most recognisable movie roles, apart from Han Solo and Indiana Jones. Yeah. So one of his not as recognisable <laughs> yeah. movie roles, to be honest. He does play mm. quite a lot of... I'd heard of Blade Runner, and I'd heard the character's name before. I, I just never got around to watching it. Yeah, it is quite famous. It's an 8.2 on IMDb, and in fact, on the top 250 films of all time, it's ranked number 149. Mm. And then the sequel, which we might watch in the future, the one that came out last year, Blade Runner 2049, that's slightly higher at 142. Yeah. Which is interesting, because usually remade sequels don't actually do as well, so I'd like to see what they do with it. Yeah, so before we do our review and read a couple of IMDb reviews, let's just uh, do a quick synopsis and describe the plot. 
Uh, do you want to kind of do an outline of what actually happened? Yes, the protagonist is called Deckard, and he's played by Harrison Ford, and he lives in this futuristic world, mm. even if it is set in 2019, where there are androids that resemble humans and can do everything humans can do, mm. except from show or develop emotions, called replicants. And the whole film is about Deckard resuming his previous job as a replicant hunter or a blade runner to get rid of all the replicants mm. before they start to develop emotions, which makes them very dangerous. And the interplay between him and the other characters, for example, Rachel, yeah. who is a girl who's a replicant, is very interesting. And one of the main questions the film leaves is whether Deckard himself is a replicant or a human. It's not expanded on, and there's no evidence either way. Mm. So, should we see what other people thought? Yes. A couple of reviews from IMDb. So here's a 10 out of 10 review, and the title is A Compelling Thematically Deep Sci-Fi Film. And they say that it's one of the greatest sci-fi films ever made, and it requires thinking in order to understand it and appreciate it. And the director's cut is recommended because it omits a somewhat distracting narration and Mm. avoids an unnecessary Hollywood-style ending. Oh, I want to see that ending now. Yeah, we watched Mm. the director's cut, so... Yeah. And I think that's probably one of the only ones you can buy. They obviously didn't like the original ending. Yeah. And it says it's about ideas, not spaceship battles, futuristic gadgets or weird creatures. And it fully qualifies as this in its examination of the impact of technology on human society existence and the very nature of humanity itself. Yeah, I do think that's interesting because it's not like a stereotypical sci-fi. It's not lasers and battles in space it's not star just... wars basically no well there's doctor who and stuff is it's not like that kind of genre even though it is still sci-fi and also because it was made in 1982 and it's set in 2019 so a year from now i think they were a bit optimistic of how the future was going to be just like in back to the future yeah. 2 i wouldn't say optimistic um, i'd say a bit pessimistic well yeah it is kind of a dystopian future but the like the technology i'd say is definitely a bit far-fetched apart from the tvs mm. yeah they get <laughs> worse but so um this is the complete opposite of what tom just read this is a two out of ten review that's described as so very very boring it says there were some buildings and then it rained and it's always dark and edward james Olmos made some origami and oh someone shoots another guy and then it rained and then there was a chick dressed to look like anti-mame look it up complete with 40s style clothes and then it rained and harrison ford is in yet another dimly lit room they don't have lights in the future and then there was a half-naked lady (coughs) who had on some high heel boots that suddenly turned into flats so she could run away in the rain and it rained and oh wait for some unknown reason we get some kind of hallucination of a running unicorn with no explanation. Mm. No, when that would happen, did it? Remember? Yeah, it did. When there was this unicorn, and then Ben was like, "Oh, what's that?" Oh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, I do agree that it rained a lot, but apart from that, well, people said some stuff, but none of it was really memorable. Uh, okay. <laughs> so overall, made himself think... time. <laughs> 
I definitely disagree with the majority of that, apart from it raining a lot, which it did. And I found a 1 out of 10 review, so this is going to be quite interesting to see what this person has to say. I'm writing this review after reading at least 30 reviews here on IMDb, and I just wanted to emphasise how shocked I am that someone actually gave this one above 5, maybe for the effects which aren't that special even then. I'd start off by saying that this really isn't true, the, the effects were very advanced, for then, and especially given that, say, in, in the 2000s, it took like a year to get a five-minute sequence in Harry Potter done, I think that this was very, very good. This is probably one of the worst, most viewer-insulting carp of a film I've seen, and I'm a sci-fi fantasy standard geek who reads lots of books and sees 90% of genre-related movies. All of the characters are near to completely shallow, the dialogues are pathetic and scarce, the wannabe protagonist, as in the replicants, seem to be on cracks with superpower and no apparent real intellect or moral, if that even matters. The concept of sending one man, may he be a replica or not, against the most dangerous escapee is ridiculous. All of the genius gene creators have no security and live in dirty places. I can't believe Philip K. Dick's book is that shallow. Is this really the movie that was considered a milestone in sci-fi? I tend to think even Back to the Future trilogy had more philosophical moments. Don't waste your time on this movie. I think he's being very harsh on this. Sure, it's not the best film I've ever seen, but I do think it was very good. Yeah. And, um... I understand the characters being shallow, because I don't really find much out about Rick Deckard. No. You don't find much out about him or any of the other characters, but then that kind of makes an aura of mystery, which... And the point is, you're not supposed to know if he's a replicant or not. Yeah. And so if you and went... he's not meant to know, really. Mm. So, I disagree with those negative reviews, but there's parts of it that I can understand, but... So, in total, what do you think of Blade Runner? How would you rate it? I'd probably give it an 8.5. Yeah, I'd give it an 8.5 as well. And Ben? I'd give it higher than an 8. I'm not sure whether I'd give it a 9. I'm going to go with 8.5. So the average is an 8.5. Would you look at that? <clears throat> Which basically means it is beaten dirt gently yeah. in most of the categories. I think it's one of the best sci-fis out there. It's the one we've rated the highest so far. Um, it's the only movie we've rated. Um, and it, it is very good sci-fi. I'd say dirt gently whilst being good is better with the comedy aspect. And yeah, doesn't... I'd say that's better comedy. Yeah. But we'll probably watch better comedies in the future. Yeah. Like League of Gentlemen. I mean, our Hall of Fame is pretty... Empty, yeah. ...and empty right now, given we've only had two episodes. But, hmm, should we go on to some quizzes now? Yeah. It's the Blade Runner quiz first. So, what is it called when a replicant is killed? That's retirement. Yep. Yeah, it's retirement. What is the name of the company that is responsible for creating the replicants? Tyrell Corporation. Yeah. Their, their model Nexus 6. But... Yeah. What year does Blade Runner take place? 2019. We definitely yeah. weren't referencing this all the way through the movie. <laughs> <laughs> How does Bryant get Deckard to come to the police station? Um, uh, he hasn't arrested, doesn't he? He tries to. Who's Bryant? He's Bryant's the boss. guy that makes the... Oh, the guy with glasses. Yeah, origami. He's had, yeah, he says that he's getting arrested. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, it's not a joke, it's noodles. <laughs> Why did Tyrell Corp engineer the replicants to only have four-year lifespans? 
Um, they were afraid the replicants would develop human emotions. Yeah. How many questions did it take for Deckard to determine that Rachel is a replicant? Over a hundred. Yeah. It's usually twenty to thirty. Which of the following is not a replicant? Rachel's a replicant. The owl's a replicant. Oh, he's not a replicant, is he? That's no, no, because he's an interviewer, yeah, so he can't be one. It's Holden, no, he isn't. Oh, yeah, Leon was one of the replicants. Yeah. Um, During his Watt camp test, what hypothetical animal does Leon not help? A tortoise. A tortoise, yeah. yeah. A platypus. Uh, Why did it take so long for Deckard to determine that Rachel is a replicant? She doesn't know she's a replicant. Is yeah. That one? yeah. She's not a replicant. <laughs> <laughs> Which test question triggers Kolwaski to shoot at Holden? Or about yeah. his mum? Yeah, his mum. How is Off Colony living advertised? Oh! We didn't... Uh, did, mm. it, did they actually say? I'm pretty um, sure they did. That's a hard one. I think it's a Golden Land of Opportunity Adventure. I'd say that. Yeah. Because <laughs> yeah. it's American. <laughs> Uh, what has Dr. Tyrrell implanted in Rachel that makes her different from other replicants? Memories. Memories. Sense yeah. of smell. <laughs> <laughs> Why does Bryant think nobody will find out that the replicants are on Earth? Oh. Oh, um... Deckard will find them. I mean, yeah, Deckard will find them and get rid of them. That's yeah, what he yeah, said. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Where are the fugitive replicants trying to infiltrate? Human brain. The Tyrell Corp because they want to yeah. live longer. Yeah. On it, oh, but they want to try and get in the police force as well because they, that's why they interviewed that guy. Yeah. I'd say the, I'd say the police force. Yeah. yeah. What kind of combat model is Batty? Oh, it's the guy that looks like Killian. Oh, I don't know. Yeah. This does it mention it? Roy Batty. Yeah, it was called Roy. I didn't know it was called Batty. Cold-blooded killer, I, I would guess, have thought. Probably. I didn't know that. Oh, that was a brilliant engineer. What is Zora trained for? I guess a brain-kicking lizard to kill. Yeah. She has a snake on her. What is the purpose of Pris? That was pleasuring military officers. Yeah, she it was, was the pleasuring pleasure military officers. Yeah. Replicants are designed to copy human beings, except for their emotions. Their emotions, yeah. Their ability to bear children. Why do Leon and Batty go to see Hannibal Chew? They want to find Tyrell's eyes. <laughs> <laughs> what does Hannibal Chew do for a living? Makes the eyes. Yeah. Eyes, yeah. Designs the eyes. Why does Rachel come to Deckard's apartment the first time? Um. um she wants to have the <laughs> fair. Uh, yeah, she wants to know why Dr. Tyrell told Deckard Chew to. Yeah. Which of the following is not one of Rachel's childhood memories? She saw there was a spider eaten by yeah, a baby. Yeah, that's that was true. Uh, Chickening out of a game of doctor. Yeah. Cutting class in school. Yeah. 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 What are J. F. Sebastian's friends? Uh. Uh. Replicants he makes himself. Yeah. Two more. What does Rachel leave behind after she flees Deckard's apartment? Oh, there's a childhood photo. Yeah. Yeah. Who finds Pris hiding in the trash outside his apartment? J. Sebastian. Sebastian. Yeah. Submit. Right, let's have Go a on. look how we did. And we got... 22 out of 22. 25. Which ones did we get wrong? 
Oh, three in a row. Oh, they they are trying to infiltrate so the, Tyrell. Yeah, yeah, we should have got that. Optimum oh, we, Yeah, we didn't know. Well, that. we didn't get. We didn't know the and other two. So no. Well, I think we did pretty well. We got eighty percent. So now, after doing our quiz about the film, we're each going to do a personality quiz, a bit like last week. But this week, it's are you a replicant? So we've each done the quiz, and it it was a bit like the one they do in the film where they look at the eyes. Mm. Tom, how likely are you to be a replicant? I am 32% likely to be a replicant. Oh, great. What's How about it? you, Ben? What, what does it say underneath? Oh, uh, it says, I think, therefore, I am. Poetic. But do you really understand it? Those memories could be implanted. They taunt. Painful to live in fear, isn't it? How about you, Ben? I got, you are 50% likely to be a replicant. <sighs> How can you not know what it is? Humanity is elusive, and on this evidence, you are yet to find it. Please retake the test. Oh, okay. Well, I'm not taking And me? Part. 61% likely to be a replicant. <laughs> no way. <laughs> we're not computers, we're physical. Don't memorise that, live it. Only then might your struggle be persuasive. Yeah. After all, the Nexus 6 never stops fighting. I've well, only be... known you for uh, three years, Ollie. Mm. One year well, left. Let's see. Well, Ben's known me for like Yeah, but 10. Ben's 50% likely to be... Likely. Our next section is news and new releases. However... Since it's only been a week for us since we recorded the last podcast, not many new films have been announced. The new trailers, most of them came out at the superb owl, the Super Bowl, uh, such as the Han Solo teaser, the new Infinity War teaser, the second Jurassic Park Fallen Kingdom trailer, another Deadpool 2, or as it's described on IMDb, untitled Deadpool sequel trailer, uh, the Venom trailer... Jessica Jones season two trailer and the new Mission Impossible. So, should we watch a couple of those? Yes. Because last week we promised you Ant-Man and the Wasp, so we'll watch that and then we'll watch the Han Solo teaser. So, let's go. I just have one question. When Cap needed help, if I'd asked you, would you have come? I guess we'll never know. But if you had, you'd have never been caught. I do some dumb things. And the people I love the most, they pay the price. Thanks to you, we had to run. We're still running. Let's go. So I take it you didn't have that tech available for me. No, I did. So, 
we've just watched the trailer for Ant-Man and the Wasp. I think it looks pretty good. Well, my only concern is that it seems to be a lot more serious than the first film. And mm. Ant-Man is a very comedic character. You can't just have a Hello Kitty chewing gum dispenser just suddenly get massive and then everyone's just trying to be all cool with this metal riff in the background. Mm. Yeah, it's like a delicate balance between comedy and action. I think mm. the first Ant-Man pulled that off very well, but I'm unsure about this one. Yeah, because they managed to have some good action on the Thomas the Tank Engine. That was a oh, good scene. Oh, that was good, yeah, yeah. yeah. But they also managed to keep it comedic. It's a very good balance, but I'm just... Hopefully this one doesn't bend too much towards the action side, because the comedy was very good. Yeah. Some standout scenes from the trailer. It starts off by you seeing Ant-Man questioning the Wasp and there's a flashback to Civil War asking whether she'd have been willing to help in that fight with Captain America, which mm. is interesting. Uh, so that's a good callback. Yeah. And then quite early on in the trailer, you actually see someone pick up a building. So the building shrinks down and they've yeah. got it as like yeah. a suitcase, yeah, which I think looks like a great scene. I know... A lot of people have been talking about that on social media and things. Well, I haven't, but... Then also, later on, you see what I think is the standout scene from the trailer, which is this part where someone's throwing knives at the wasp and she's dodging them all, running along them. And you can obviously tell that she's small at that point. So I think that looks great. Uh, I wouldn't say it's the standout scene because I feel like that's where it's going too far into the action side. Mm. I actually preferred it when... It was the car mm. chase, and they'd shrink and then um, grow larger again. And that was the bit with the Hello Kitty chewing gum. And that oh, shows yeah. how they can still mix action and comedy together quite well. Yeah. But carry on. That's a good point, actually, yeah. Um, there's a bit that's quite funny where Ant-Man's asking, I think, Hank Pym about whether the technology that the Wasp has, such as mm. the wings, were available when he got the suit. And he says that, yeah, they were, but he just didn't get them, which is quite funny, seen as... Obviously, might be a bit of favouritism there. We don't know why he didn't get that. I don't think you see any main bad guys in this. Mm. Obviously, in the first one, there was Yellow Jacket. I don't think there's Yellow Jacket in this trailer, but I think that Ant-Man and the Wasp, I mean, we haven't seen them together yet, but I think they'll make a really good team. They look like they're a good duo. A bit of comedy, a bit of action. Yeah, that's what I was saying earlier. I think they'll fit really well together. So overall, I think this looks like a great trailer. I think it looks funny, as the first one was. I think it looks action-packed. And I'm definitely going to see this. Okay, so we've given our opinions on the Ant-Man and the Wasp trailer. I think now it's time to go and watch the Solo trailer. I've been running scams on the street since I was 10. Kicked out of the flight academy for having a mind of my own. I'm gonna be a pilot. Best in the galaxy. Hey, kid. I'm putting together a crew. You in? That's yes. I might be the only person. Who knows? 
you really are. What's that? Thought we were in trouble there for a second, but it's fine. We're fine. Oh! So we just watched the trailer for the Han Solo movie. I thought the trailer looked quite good for a Star Wars story. It's just a teaser, and it came out the day after the Super Bowl. But overall, I think it looks pretty exciting. Uh, although it's already people... Uh, some people are really excited, others are dreading it. They're saying this is just an unnecessary addition to this universe. There's no way they needed to do this. However, I think it will be a good film. I think if they can get it right, it will be an interesting story. However, if they get it wrong, I think it will get bad reviews, just like the prequels did. However, hopefully, it can perform well. But I thought this trailer does look good. It's got the return of old characters, as well as a few new ones. Um, so, obviously, Han Solo's not played by Harrison Ford. The only yeah. problem, well, apart from the fact that he's got a completely different accent to Harrison Ford, yeah. Yeah. which is slightly off-putting, I'm worried that he won't have the same charisma. I know, yeah. And I know Harrison Ford can have some awkward acting at times, as we've seen in the original trilogy, but I'm worried about the actor not having enough yeah, that's Like The story looks good by itself, but just wondering if they've just plastered Han Solo on it. Yeah. The actual first actor, it might be this actor that they got, he had to apparently have acting lessons oh. because he just couldn't be Han Solo. He just wasn't performing well enough, which isn't good news. <laughs> no. <laughs> I think the director or someone actually left it because they just thought, it had no potential and there was no point in doing this, which again is a worrying sign. However, yes, from this is. trailer, I do think it looks good. Although well, there are a lot of comments saying, oh, I've got a bad feeling about this and stuff. Hey, that's a quote. Han Solo as a character is unique and what Harrison Ford brought to the role in the original trilogy, I just don't think this new guy will be able to bring. He may pull it off, he may not. I think we'll I'll just have to wait and see. We can't really judge on one trailer. Yeah, well, it's because Harrison Ford, he made the characters quite calm. Yeah, quite I know cool what you mean. in situations, even if shouldn't really be, but then I feel like this new Han Solo is almost like Spider-Man, in a way. Yeah. Awkward teenagers trying to... Because there was that bit in the trailer where it's like, see, we're safe now, and then, oh no, they're in danger. But don't worry, Chewie looks the same. <laughs> yeah, Chewie looks the same, that's good. Uh, they pulled off his accent very well. Yeah, I, I don't think... I don't think Chewie's accent is very hard to, to replicate. I mean, I'm sure I can... So, yeah, I'd say that I am excited for this. Although people have mixed opinions on it, I think it will be a good addition to this universe. And this trailer does look promising, especially the music aspect. You see new characters, new planets, and it's quite a good backstory for people who don't know about how Han Solo came to be the best pilot in the galaxy, and how he got his Millennium Falcon. Mm. So, should we move on to recommendations now? Yeah. This is the section of the podcast where we recommend good films or TV shows for us to watch and for you to watch. 
because we've watched them and we think they're very good. This week, I would like to recommend Sherlock. This is a contemporary version of the classic Sherlock Holmes novels and short stories written originally by Sir Arthur Conan Doyle. It is an amazing 9.2 on IMDb, which is one of the top-rated TV shows currently. I'll start by talking about Series 1, which introduces many characters and plot lines. The first individual is Sherlock, a naive, unsocial detective who only focuses on his cases instead of people or well-known facts. He's very logical and always thinks outside of the box. Then, there is Dr John Watson, an ex-soldier who is suffering from post-traumatic stress disorder. However, when he meets Sherlock, his life suddenly changes into a detective sidekick. As his character develops in the show, you get to see how although he starts to get better at understanding the cases, his purpose is to bring a real human perspective into the show and provide a moral attitude to 221B Baker Street. Mm. Other characters include nervous but intelligent Molly Hooper, a confident leader in Lestrade and rich landlord Mrs Hudson. The main crazy and unpredictable villain, Moriarty, is certainly one of the highlights of the show. Which brings me on to my favourite episode, The Reichenbach Fall. I would definitely recommend the show as a whole, however Series 2 is a standout. It tackles three of the most popular and famous Sherlock stories in The Scandal of Bohemia, The Hand of the Baskervilles and The Final Problem. In fact, The Reichenbach Fall is rated a stunning 9.7 on IMDb and I would rate it a 10. You see the compelling story of Sherlock's near death, and how Evil Moriarty twists the legacy of everyone's favourite detective. In total, there are four series, and I would say that the final series is the weakest. It starts to focus mainly on John's wife, Mary, instead of the characters we know and love. However, my least favourite episode is actually from series one, which is The Blind Banker. Unfortunately, I don't think that Sherlock will be returning for a fifth series, which is a real shame, seeing as it is one of my favourite ever shows. Overall, I would highly recommend this nearly flawless series as it is a modern, interesting and clever interpretation of the original books. As well as the characters, I love the way that they film and direct the scene as Sherlock describes the case and every clue that led him to this conclusion, which is hard to describe, however when you watch it, you'll know what I mean. So, if you haven't already, go and watch Sherlock. Yeah, I've watched Sherlock as well, I think it's very good. What do you have to recommend for us, Tom? This week I'm going to recommend Baby Driver, which Ollie and I watched together. It's a film by Edgar Wright. I always enjoy Edgar Wright films, such as the Cornetto trilogy, and he's also done Scott Pilgrim vs. The World, which are all very good films, and Baby Driver is a good film as well. It's not one of his best films, but that doesn't mean it's bad, because Edgar Wright has a very good reputation. So the basic outline of it is that it's about someone who's an escape driver, but they have tinnitus, so their ears are always ringing. So they listen to music, and then that's quite a big part of the film because a lot of the action is synced up to the music, which makes it very stylish. And Edgar Wright's directing definitely suits that. There is some good plot as well, where you find out that Baby has to pay back his boss, and that they actually went quite far back together, but he basically it has got the cliche of him. He falls in love, and then... They get in danger, but it's good a plot line. You see how he changes and he starts to rebel against them. But I thought it's very good. There's some 
very good action in it, and I think you'd all enjoy it if you like some high-speed car chases and some stylish music-synced action. I mean, for some of the songs, they don't even really need percussion because you've just got gunshots for that, which are very well-timed. There's One of my favourite parts was when they get into a gunfight and tequila's playing, and then at the end of the song with the final... Uh, oh, I can't remember. It's probably a snare or something. It explodes, and then one of them says tequila. It's very, very stylish, mm. and it's just a fun film to watch. It's not. It's not like Blade Runner. It's quite a different film to Blade Runner. Blade Runner tries to convey a point, and it's quite serious. But Baby Driver, you can just go in expecting some fun, really. So yeah, I recommend that Ben, you go see it. Yeah. I'm, I just saw Baby Driver with you as well, and I thought it was really good. I felt that the characters were strong. I liked the main character. I liked the way he danced, and kind of at the start, when he walked past everything, you could see the lyrics throughout the town. And it's pretty high on IMDb, 7.7. I'd agree with that. I rated an 8 out of 10. I'd recommend that too. So, yeah, go and watch Baby Driver. Yeah, I'll go watch that. Um, the film I'm recommending this week is quite different to the films that we mainly watch. I was introduced to it because I am trying to learn Korean as a foreign language, and I was either going to watch a movie or a TV drama, and I watched one Korean drama and it was just so cheesy, so I thought, why don't I watch a film from Korea and then I'll see if I can pick some language up. I would much prefer to watch a film to, uh stereotypical drama about falling in love. And looking through some top Korean films, this was right at the top, A Tale of Two Sisters. So I got the DVD and watched it. This is a psychological horror film, and it explores a lot of different aspects of the mind, and it's entertaining to slowly watch the characters go insane. And it was probably one of the best horror films I've ever watched and there's lots of twists in it, and the more you watch, the more you find out, and eventually at the end, there's such a huge twist, you want to go and watch the whole film again to view it in a different way. In terms of characters, uh, we have two teenage sisters called Sumi and Suyon, and their mother has died, and they are therefore being treated for shock and psychosis, they eventually return home to their father, who is living with his... It's unclear whether it's his wife or his girlfriend, but either way, she's acting as their stepmother. But the stepmother is very abusive and ends up picking on the, the younger one a lot. Why the younger one? The younger one, um, I don't know, probably because they're the most innocent or something. And it seems to be that throughout the film, she becomes more and more insane and... It's what she's doing to Soo-yong and therefore Soo-mi that's terrifying. The way it reveals, there's a huge twist at the end and it changes the whole way you view the film. There's terrifying scenes with, with their uncle's wife having a seizure and there's various ghosts that's been seen throughout the whole film. And as with most psychological horror films, you're left with the question of whether it is a ghost or whether they're gone insane. And in all, I couldn't recommend this film enough. It's must for all horror fans, but to be honest, 
anyone who just enjoys films full stop should watch it, as it was not only the highest grossing Korean horror film of all time, but was also the first to ever be shown in worldwide theatres. It's rated a 15, it's not for the weak-hearted, it does have a lot of blood in it, it does have a lot of jump scares, but it's very, very worth it, and I couldn't recommend it more. So, Tom, how did you feel about being a guest today? Well, I definitely enjoyed it. I listened to the first episode, and I did want to come on, and I liked discussing my opinions and hearing yours, and I also got to watch Blade Runner, so... Yes, I enjoyed it. Would you like to come on the podcast again in the future? Yeah, I think I definitely would. It's definitely an enjoyable experience. Mm, it's interesting recording, yeah. especially getting someone else's opinions. I feel we'll probably have more guests in the future and yes. probably have you on again. Yeah, cool. As a whole, I thought it was a good episode, especially given we had a guest on that we were able to get more opinions on the matters that we wanted to discuss. I know, yeah. And I think... Blade Runner was very different to Dirk Gently and certainly comparing them is going to be very hard because they're so different. Yeah, Dirk Gently's a lot more comedic and light-hearted but Blade Runner tries to convey a message. Yeah, I really did enjoy Blade Runner and I think the quizzes were very interesting as well. Stay away from Ollie. Yeah, I felt that was a pretty strong episode too. I really enjoyed recommending and reviewing Blade Runner and doing a couple of quizzes on it. Um, I like briefly talking about Dirt Gently, which we didn't get to discuss in much detail, seeing as Ben hadn't seen all of it. I also enjoyed hearing others' recommendations and also recommending Sherlock, and I thought the trailers were really good. I'd probably say that I preferred Ant-Man and the Wasp one to the solo one, however, I'm not sure which film I like more, seeing as the solo one was just a teaser, whereas... The Ant-Man one was an actual trailer. Uh, But yeah, I felt this was a really strong episode. I mean, it's only our second, but I think we're doing pretty well. Um, So far, we're on track with the episode every two weeks, and hopefully we'll continue doing that. And as I've said on the website, I'm going to try and get some more recording equipment to make the sound quality even better. And we look forward to recording the next episode, and hope you will do as well. Rossi, Rossi, Rossi.